Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Theology Meets Life podcast. This is a podcast about theology meeting life. So we're going to talk about some of the deeper things of our faith, but also try to bridge the gap between the intellectual side of our faith and the more emotional experiential side and really take that theology and apply it to the practical everyday life that we go through. Uh, my guest today is a very good friend of mine, Lihia Andrade, and Lihia is the pastor of Family Ministries at Village Church Toronto in Oakville, whom I worked with for uh, a bit of time and had a great time with. And we just had a really awesome conversation. I am super excited for you to, uh, yeah, to hear it. So I hope you enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm super excited about this interview I am uh, about to embark on. I'm interviewing a very good friend of mine and uh, a colleague as well, Lihia Andrade. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah. You did, you did, you did pretty good. Okay. Lihia is currently serving as a family ministries pastor at Village Church Toronto uh, in the Oakville area, as well as she also runs a uh, woman's ministry called Anu, uh, as well as does a couple, uh, a lot of really cool things and is, uh, in my opinion, a very gifted evangelist uh, and really has a heart for her own community. So I'm super excited just to interview her and just get some of her insight into why she does evangelism and why her community is so important to her. But uh, without further ado, Lihia, welcome uh, to the show. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Marcus. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Yeah. Uh, thank you for inviting me. This is super cool. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Yeah, me too. This is great. This is the first, uh, I guess, kind of interview uh, conversation that's going to be on the podcast. All the other ones I've done have just been me just responding to Ooh. questions. So this is super cool. So I'm excited. Hey, thank you. But why don't you just tell us, yeah, just about yourself. Obviously, I mentioned who you are, but just yeah, yourself, your family life, uh, what you do a little bit about that, feel free to kind of expand and then, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. So good, Marcus. Well, I have the privilege of being a wife uh, to my husband for 10 years now. I'm a mom to three children, two teenagers, and what the teenagers like to call a kid because she's 10 and not a teenager. Um, But my favorite is our pup, our cockapoo Bailey. Um, But, you know, aside from that, you mentioned a pastor, a ministry leader. I'm just a lover of Jesus, to be honest. I love Jesus. Therefore, I love people. And so that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. I'm very passionate for those that don't know me. I'm full throttle (laughs) all the time. And uh, uh, yeah, I love Jesus, love prayer and love to cheer others on. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. And uh, yeah, I can attest to all of that. Lihia uh, is definitely very passionate. <laughs> One thing I love about Lihia is that you always know what she's feeling. You never, you never feel like yes. she's talking to you or just trying to make you feel. <laughs> you know, she's very open and honest. And I, I appreciate that personally, because I, I don't I don't like the games that people play sometimes. No games not. here. <laughs> uh, so that's awesome. But yeah, let's jump into it a little bit. Um, so... I think you're a gifted evangelist. I, I think mm-hmm. you have the gift of evangelism, just knowing you and working with you for about a year and interacting with you and just hearing your stories. But I kind of want to hear just a little bit about um, what what you think evangelism is, um, why you think it's important, and kind of maybe when you really started to realize, hey, I think I might be gifted as an evangelist. Um, maybe just talk into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? To be quite honest with you, I would never have said I'm a gifted evangelist. Actually, you're the first person to really wow. just come out and say that. <laughs> evangelism um, to me has always been um, something that I feel we're all called to do. 
I mean, that is our purpose to go and tell others about Jesus. To me, evangelism is sharing with anyone that will hear within the sound of my voice of what God has done uh, in my life. I mean, I've been saved. I've been healed, redeemed. Why wouldn't I share that with anybody else? But evangelism to me really is sharing the gospel and sharing the gospel. Yes. Um, through, you know, the scriptures, that's exactly what we base it on, but also sharing what God has done in your personal life. And so I feel a great sense of responsibility to my community, not just necessarily the community where I live, but my family, my friends. And so definitely I, I, I've never again thought of being gifted. I felt that I've always done it because that's what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. But because I am a good communicator, I'm super bold. And an extrovert, a hundred fifty percent extrovert. Um, I find that it is, does come more natural to me, and the passion does help. That I'm passionate yeah. about Jesus and and um, the way He loves us and and what He's done in my life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. There's never been really a moment where I thought, "Wow, I'm really gifted yeah. in evangelism." I think it's just something that, and and we're tr- we're raising our kids to do the same. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. That's interesting because I mean. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, uh, like, personally, I'm someone who, I don't struggle to share my faith, but I find, like, it's, uh, I, I just, I look at people like you, and it's like, wow, it's just, it's so natural, just the conversations, and maybe it is, yeah. maybe that kind of, like, extroverted piece is a huge part of it, you just, I mean, you love people, you really right. do, and you really enjoy, it. like, I've just seen you talk to people, even in the office, yeah. and just are so open, and just, I think you're very, um, very in tune to what the Holy Spirit is doing mm-hmm. in your lives, and the lives of the people you meet and you're very quick to respond to that Mm. which is which is kind of why i see you as a gifted evangelist it's like whereas i i sometimes will be in conversation with people and then afterwards i'll think i'm like oh man like and i should have this this was the time i missed it right but it's like i've just seen so many opportunities where you've you've um yeah you've just taken advantage of that of those opportunities just to speak into people's lives and to pray into people's lives yeah I mean, really just the countless stories that we've heard, I've heard from you and just, um, you know, the experiences seeing you with people, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool to see. And it's, it's encouraging. And I mean, um, you're right. It is, it is totally something that every single Christian is called to do, um, to do evangelism in in one way or another. And uh, I think it's awesome that you're raising your kids kind of with that understanding. And I mean, just, just knowing your kids uh, (laughs) personally, uh, I can definitely see that um see that in them so that's that's awesome i i hope more parents kind of uh you know take that upon themselves to just just make their kids uh their kids comfortable sharing their faith and just understand that maybe maybe we can go off script a little bit maybe you can kind of uh speak into that a little bit just being yeah. a being a mom and just raising kids you know like you said two as a teenager one and ten year old <laughs> as you raise them um, and as you try and teach them to be evangelists and to yes. be able to share their faith with others, maybe you can just speak into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is a subject that really uh, burns my heart because I think mm-hmm. a lot of us parents sometimes can feel very lost and not ill-equipped to do this job of parenting yeah. faith-filled children. I, by no means am I a professional, but I will say that uh, oftentimes I have uh, moms, especially I deal with a lot of women say, you know, I want my kids to be, you know, praying kids. I want my kids to want to go to church. I want my kids. Yeah. And my first question, not necessarily to offend anyone, but as a challenge to challenge your thought is, do they have a praying mom? Mm-hmm. Do they have a mom and dad that model the behavior that you're hoping to see in your child? And so for, for me and for my husband, it has been very intentional 
uh, to be role models for our children. And it almost sounds kind of cliche, uh, but it is exactly what we aim to do. Now, we are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. That said, also another key is that your kids don't need to see perfect. Perfect isn't the goal. Yeah. Uh, it's being vulnerable with your children because as they get older, they start recognizing certain patterns and certain things. Yeah. Apologizing to your children is another one. I mean, I could go on and on, but I think for, for Alan and I, it is so important that whatever we want to see in our kids, we model that. So we have now practical things we've done with our children is we've made it a habit uh, that every night we pray together as a family before bed. Uh, we all gather either upstairs in the loft or down here and we pray together. We ask the kids what's on their heart. How can we pray for them? And then we will offer up how our kids can be praying for us. Now, whether they're praying for us or not, I don't know, but we involve them in, in that. In terms of serving our community, going back to the evangelism part that you were talking about, um, we are very intentional with the community that we live in and we have our kids serve. We're teaching our kids that we were born to serve others. I mean, look at Jesus, the great servant. Um, and so we are here to serve whatever that means, whether it's doing a barbecue for a community or helping our neighbor bring in bags from groceries. You are here to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I think, I think a lot of parents sometimes we make things complicated. And maybe not even parents. I think across the board, we miss those opportunities because we overthink things a lot too. Like, what am I going to say? How am I going to approach this person? Um, what if they ask this and I don't know the answer? Um, but I just want to remind anybody that's listening that the Holy Spirit goes before you. When you have a sense in your heart, and I tell my kids all the time, when you feel something in your heart that says, go speak to this person, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and prompting you. When that happens, you have to be very aware the Holy Spirit has already gone ahead of you and prepared that heart. And now you have now with that sense in your heart become the mouthpiece. And you are going to speak what the Holy Spirit places on your mouth. And so sometimes I think for us, we can tighten up and be like, I can't do that because I'm, you know, I don't know what to say. I'm not even an extrovert. But I think just trusting the, the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So much, so much there. That's just so encouraging. Like even just going back to, um, yeah, just your kids and just the way you raise them. And I think, I think it's like Proverbs 22. It says something like raise your kids up in the way of the Lord and it will not depart from them. And it's right. just kind of like doing your best as, as parents just to teach them and pray with them. And like you said, model for them what Christ like love is. And it's like, right. you don't know what the decisions they're going to make as they get older, but you know that they're going to have that experience of seeing their their mom and dad, you know, trying to be Christ as best they can. And it's huge. I think it makes a huge difference um, just in a child's life. And um, uh, yeah, you know, what you're just saying there about, um, you know, the prompting of the Holy Spirit and just kind of, you know, listening to that. And I think, I can't, you know, a ton of people have said this, but anytime you share your faith with someone, it's probably going to feel a little weird. And it's yeah. probably going to, and you're probably going to, you're, you're making yourself vulnerable is what you're doing, right? And you're, you're putting yourself out there and it might not work, right? And it's like, I've heard some people have just kind of owned that. And like, they've, they've said like, you know, sometimes like I'll, you know, get a prompting from the spirit and I'll just, you know, go up to the person and be like, Hey, this, this might sound super weird. This this probably is going to catch you off guard. It caught me off guard, but I, I I think I just, God wants me to pray for you or, you know, is is this happening in your life? Just something like that. And kind of just, just own the weirdness and own the, Maybe yes. the but maybe, but the maybe, uncomfortable. Maybe the uncomfortableness, right? Because yeah. it is. It is uncomfortable 
uh, especially in, um, you know, our culture that so much values just individualism and the ideas. And, you know, you can have your idea. That's fine. But don't don't force force it on me. And not that we're forcing ideas on people. Right. But it's just uh, it is it is uncomfortable. It's like you sometimes just need to own that. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to just stop you there because I want to caution for, for those that are listening. What I learned a, f- a few years back is the vulnerability part. I think that's where a lot of us struggle because to share our faith means that we become vulnerable. But I want to make it very clear that vulnerability doesn't mean oversharing. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we feel like we have to share our deepest, darkest secrets and the things that, you know, that are very sacred to us. They're real hurts. Yeah. Vulnerability doesn't mean that you overshare. Vulnerability actually means to open up authentically. Yeah. And so when you go and share your faith, it's not something like, okay, I'm going to go speak to my neighbor and now I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great, but it's the way that it's done. It's praying and asking God that there would be a natural, uh, sense of his spirit to have a natural led conversation. I mean, I've had, I, ha- I shared a story um, with our team during the winter of, of an encounter I had with one of my neighbors shoveling snow that morning. I'd prayed with our team, God, give us the opportunity to share our faith, even if it means while shoveling snow that day. And lo and behold, I never shovel snow because I don't do that stuff. Uh, but I, I felt bad for Al. That's the truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I went out to, with a shovel to go help. And yeah. this woman comes out of nowhere and starts saying, I want to help y'all. Our car was, you know, all snowed in. Yeah. And it was the natural conversation. So I think if you're listening to today and you're that person, like, I could never do that. The prayer needs to be, God, allow for those windows of opportunity, but God, the courage to be obedient when it presents itself. Yeah. Because you chicken out, like, I mean, not you particularly, but we tend to chicken out and be like, okay, I am not doing that. No, I totally chicken out sometimes. Like, I'm like, that's, that's so good. Because it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much there that's just awesome. And I I appreciate that just clarification between, you know, vulnerability isn't oversharing, right? It's not, it's not getting into the deep kind of dark places of our heart or whatever it's just it's just being open right and it's but yeah awesome there kind of uh kind of wanted to pick up on something you just mentioned about you know your neighbor and uh shoveling the snow um yeah just getting to know you you've kind of um mentioned many many times where you've just done stuff in your own community and with your neighbors um you know i think of barbecues that you've done i think there was a mother's day thing you did where you gave out flowers yes just stuff like that just uh, just I want to talk about that a little bit because I think a lot of people, when they think about evangelism, they think missions, right? They think right. going overseas um, and um, bringing the gospel to people, and that's great. And that's like I'm 100% for missions. I know people who are full time missionaries and have been for like decades, and they are doing awesome work. But yeah. that's not the end of evangelism, right? Like we have, yeah. um, you know, God calls us, you know, where He has us, right? So it's like I really want to talk about that. Just um, your heart for your own community, like where you live, um, you know, the church community too, but really just your neighbors, the local community, just some of the, some of the maybe events that you've kind of yeah. ran out of your, your driveway or some of yeah. the things that you've done. Just, yeah, just share a little bit about that. I would, I think all our listeners would love to hear that and it would just be really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think before I tell you about that, I think when I think of the evangelism, when I think people hear that word, 
for me, what comes to mind is those like, now I'm going to date myself, but the tracks that people used to give out at the corners of streets. And I think when people think of evangelism, we think of people like, I don't know, Jimmy Swaggart or these big crusaders and, and that that's their responsibility. But evangelism is really being the hands and feet of Jesus to those God has entrusted to you. And yes, he's entrusted to us, your family, your friends, your community, the circles where you uh, belong to. He's entrusted you, those people, the unbelievers that you interact with, he's entrusted them to you. So for us as a family, for me particularly, I live in a survey about 35 houses. I live in a townhome. And so I we've been very intentional to you know, get to know people. And if we see a need, a practical need, Alan and I will try our best to fill that need um, so evangelism is being the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you are. And so what we've done, we've done pizza in our driveway and we bought pizzas. We, first of all, we sent out flyers, letting people know that we were going to have this thing in our driveway, this pizza party. Yeah. And we bought pizzas and the neighbors came over and it was a great time. It was really cold. Uh, I don't know why we did it at that date, but it was so lovely to see. And people would ask us, what church are you with? Why are you doing this? Um, where is there a donation box? And it was just as we finished that event, we thought about how people always expect that there's a there's a cost to something that it can't just be free. There's got to be a catch. What is it that you're hoping to say and or me to hear? And so what we wanted to do here in our community is for people to know this is a house of God. Yeah. This is a house where you can. And we've had people come to our door and ask for prayer. Um, they know that this house belongs to Jesus and that they, this is a safe place. And so we've done pizza. We recently did a barbecue mm. in, in our, in our driveway. And then neighbors, when they got the flyers, they started approaching us. Can we bring this? Can we do that? And they always are so just taken back of the, just wanting to have communion. One of our neighbors said to me, why do you do this? What do you get out of this? Yeah. And I said, you know what? This is us being the hands and feet of Jesus. We are not, you know, preaching out there. We're not, yeah. um, you know, giving out any like kind of literature or anything. We're having conversation. We're creating community. Yeah. Um, it's again, following the prompting of the spirit where he leads you. And I think one of the other things that holds people back is that you're going to have to invest in your circle. You have to, uh, you have to be intentional and investing is not always money. It's also time and energy. And I think a lot of us are just not willing to uh, to do that because there's nothing in it for us. Right. And it yeah. comes from a place of selfishness. And listen, we all struggle with selfishness, uh, you know, in our lives. But we have to recognize that to be intentional means that you have to invest, whether mm-hmm. it's financially, time, energy. Um, and I think some of us are just not willing to do that. Yeah. And that's what holds us back sometimes. But those are the few things. I mean, I, I remember one Mother's Day, um, we know that there's a single mom a couple yeah. doors down. And, and I know her son is in my little girl's class. And I know he's not at the point where he could buy her something. And I just said to my husband, hey, drive me by, you know, to get me some flowers. And I'm going to drop them off. And uh, was able to knock on her door. And she was just so taken back. And I just said, I just want you to know that there's a God that loves you. His name is Jesus. And he wants to just, you know, know that you are so loved. And and she was just standing in her doorway, blown away. And she just, I said, am I okay to pray for you today? And she just looked at me like, she's like, yeah, no one's ever prayed for me before, but sure. I'd welcome that. That, my friends, is evangelism. Yeah. 
That, my friends, is following the prompting of the spirit. And now when I see her, she's like, I'll never forget that Mother's Day. It's so significant. So praise God for that. But it also requires boldness. And I think we struggle with that, too. What are people going to think about me? That's coming on too strong. I'm not respecting people's boundaries. This is my faith. Yeah. And the truth is, was it um, the Apostle Paul that said that the gospel is offensive? So, yes, it's going to push you. And I wanted to say, you said something earlier about it being this uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Let's get used to the, the discomfort. And you know what that um, that discomfort is? It's called stretching. Yeah, it's true. It's called stretching. If you've ever had a pair of leather shoes, and I'm speaking to the ladies more so heels, <laughs> and they're real leather, not that fake stuff, but the real leather, it hurts to stretch them out. If you have Birkenstocks and you've put your feet to mold them to your feet, it hurts a little bit at yeah. first. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And so because it's stretching, it's making you the to be the image of God. And so I tell my friends, the girls that I get to mentor, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where you that's where the Holy Spirit does his best work is in the discomfort. That is awesome. It's so true. And it's like you're right. And it's like, you know what? Like, yeah, let let God work in your life. And I can't remember there was someone I can't remember who it was. I was listening to a preacher, but they were saying, you know, like, God is going to take you into the dark places of your heart and he's going to stretch you and he's going to work on you and he's going to crush you until, until he can use you. Yeah. Right. And it like, let, let that happen. Right. And so, wow. Yeah. That's just, I think that's awesome. I think, I think people just need to hear that. It's like, not like, you're not just going to be super comfortable with it. The first time you do it, it's going to be, it's a growing, just like anything you do. I think, I think there is a, um, for some reason, this thought that, um, God is going to like anything we do um, in ministry or spirituality or evangelism, we're going to instantly be good at. And it's like, right. The whole idea of like preparing and training and learning is like just not relevant to Christianity for some Mm. reason, like preachers, like, like people think preachers are just automatically good. It's like, no, they've spent years like studying their Bible and public speaking and just learning how to be good communicators. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think the same goes for evangelism or any other thing we do in our, in our Christian walk. It's like, there is growth that needs to happen and there's training. So I I love that. Um, I just love also just, again, just going back to the community and just your, where you live. I remember um, a few months ago when you guys were considering moving um mm. closer to the church because you, yeah. you felt you wanted to be um yeah just closer to the church that you worked right. at um and just kind of the the sadness that your community had like no like don't go yeah. <laughs> like yeah, what is that this, was so this, this for sale sign doing on your house yeah um but then you know god did an th- amazing thing where he said he said no i want you guys here still right and, um you guys took that and just doubled down <laughs> and just yeah we and just, you just give to your community and it's yeah. it's awesome and it's just it's just really cool. And just, again, you know, you, you think of when Jesus says, you know, be that light on the hill. Mm. Um, and when, when you say like people know in your community, that is the house where God is, right? Yeah. That is like, that is a Christian house. That is a house of faith, right? It's like, it, it's almost like that you guys are that light on a hill in your community and just an encouragement for all of us just to be lights on a hill in our own community. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, um, you kind of mentioned women you mentor. Um, yeah. And so I mentioned a little bit about uh, a new um, the organization um, um, that you run. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Um, what it is, what it is a new, yeah. um, 
you know, especially obviously you have a huge heart for women and just reaching women with the gospel and evangelizing to them and just kind of the work you do there. I'd love to just hear a little bit about that kind of in the context of evangelism. Yeah, absolutely. I knew was born from a place of brokenness and a place where uh, a moment where I really needed Jesus. And I remember that in that moment, when he rescued me, I made a commitment to him and I said, wherever I'm in a good place, because I wasn't really in, you know, following God at that moment, I said, I will return the favor. Um, years down the road, God um, tapped me on my shoulder and reminded me of the promise I had made. Yeah. And so Anew is a woman's ministry. Uh, the whole soul desire is to come alongside women, journey with them in their particular season of life while I'm pointing them to Jesus. That we are loved, seen, and heard. We're exactly where we are. That God has not left us. Our past does not define us. And our future is held in his hands. And so um, I think... What it really happens a lot is that we feel we have to be wherever we we think the end game is. We have to be healed. We have to be all these things for God to use us. And then you really comes in and says, God is taking your life, redeeming the mess into a message. And he wants to do a new thing. And it's based out of Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, where it talks about that he's doing a new thing. He's, um, you know, creating rivers in the wasteland. And so that the things that we've gone through as women, God can take them and use them for good. And so initially when I started a new three years ago now, wow, three years ago, um, the whole idea was to work outside the walls of a church and be able to reach women that necessarily were not comfortable walking through the doors of a church because we know that that comes with a lot of commitment, especially as an unbeliever. And so we started doing events and all this kind of stuff, but we had an aspect of a new, and I said had because right now we're kind of in a transition point. Um, we would give away roses. We would go to the lakefront. We would go to the parks, roses with a message that said, you are loved by God. And um, it was just a message for women to know that they were loved by Jesus. And so we would go and we would give these dough. And then we'd sometimes have opportunity to pray for people right at the lake. And then some people thought we were selling something. But that was the evangelism part. I think sometimes we think we have to have this great long message, all you know, tailored and poetic. But Jesus loves you is still the the greatest message of all. And so um, Anu now has transitioned into more of an online ministry where I share more of my life as a pastor, as a speaker. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be a good steward of the season and as a pastor and devote a lot of my attention to what I do. So Anu continues to be an online platform where you'll find encouragement, where you're going to find Jesus and real talk like yeah. real stuff. And so, yeah, that was really just, you know, the goal of a new was to remind women, particularly that God is still in the business of redeeming you and doing a new thing. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I love even just hearing you talk about a new and other um, circumstances, just you're, you you want to be that place for women who aren't plugged into a church, who don't go to church. Maybe we don't know God right. at all. You want to help them just know who Jesus is. Like you said, know that Jesus loves them. Um, but then you also have a huge heart for, okay, like you should come to church too. Now, now that you're, now that you know God, now that you know right. Jesus, like, you need to be plugged into a right. church. And I know you've invited people, you know, to the church that you're at at Village in Oakville. Um, and maybe let's, let's, uh, kind of shift a little bit that way yeah. to the church aspect of it. So, uh, you work at Village Church Toronto in Oakville and you've been doing that, I think, what, when, like November last year? Almost a year. Yeah. We, Almost we, a year. Close to a yeah. year. And I mean, you've spent most of that year, like it's been a church plant, right? right? So talk a little bit about that experience. Um, and then 
you know, talk a little bit about church planting and how it can be a tool, uh, an, an evangelistic tool, right? And right. especially we've talked so much about, you know, wanting to reach that community there um, with the gospel. And, you know, you, there's so many people who talk about Canada being a de-churched country, right? Mm. It used yeah. to be, especially Ontario uh, and Quebec, uh, with two of the highest um, in terms wow. of percentages of Christians in the in the country, and now they're two of the lowest. Wow, I think, and and you know the area where we're at in Toronto. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. Talk about your experience. Talk about why you think church planting is a helpful tool. Uh, yeah, for evangelism. Yeah, you know what? I I never had done church planting <laughs> before, and uh, you know it's been a, a learning season for me. I think one of the keys that I've learned almost a year in um, to church planning is that you must believe wholeheartedly, full of faith that God is in what you're doing. It can't just be an approach to church planning. It can't be just like, I'm going to be part of this thing and we're going to you know, launch this off the ground. This is a God thing. And you have to believe that God is who he says he is. Also, the other thing is that church planting, you got to be willing to do the dirty work. And by dirty work, I mean, get your hands dirty, be in there praying, fasting, Perseverance is a huge factor of church planting. But why is church planting important? Church planting allows for various opportunities. I feel for me, I've grown a lot through church planting. I've seen God move in such a supernatural, mighty way. I mean, we hear story after story of people coming, lives changed forever. I mean, whether Village Toronto exists for you know, 50 years, 110, whatever it is, those lives are changed forever. And so it gives us the opportunity as we plant these churches to see God moving in our local community, wherever that church is being planted. But I believe that we have to be passionate and believe that God says who he is because it is not an easy road. Um, You know, I think it also allows people the opportunity. It's a missional opportunity. So you're starting this thing, you have to be able to share your passion of why it's so important, why that person needs to be part of this. And so in order for you, I always tell my kids, when you're sharing an idea, it's kind of like selling yourself more than the idea itself. If people see that you're passionate about that particular thing, they're going to go off that that passion that you carry. So Village Toronto is a church that we're planting. God is doing some amazing things. It's not hype. It's Holy Spirit because you're believing wholeheartedly. And so it is an opportunity to invite your family and friends. We're, you know, we're doing this. And I think from a family perspective, I mean, my, my close family, they have seen, and I share when I come home, you know, the things, the, the stages of church planning, which we're not quite done yet, (laughs) but we continue to work and continue to grow. And so the experience for me again has been stretching. It can be uncomfortable at times. Uh, but I've seen God do some amazing things in my, I was just sharing this with someone yesterday in my own life, in my own family. When we came to village, God, like in the last year, God moved my teenage daughter to get baptized. Like what 15 year old says to you, I want to declare publicly. I want to follow Jesus Yeah, and not just do it, but share in front of like, I don't know, hundred people, her story. And so my son being so passionate about serving on production and being discipled by a young adult, like just absorbing to see my husband, like village church planning has changed my own family. And so why is it important? Because it provides an opportunity to change lives. It provides the space to grow together in community and unity. And so, yeah, I think that 
I never wanted to to marry a pastor. I always joke around. I tell the story. I, when I was a little girl, I used to pray, do not, Jesus, please, I do not want to marry a pastor. And I didn't. Because if you know Alan, he is not a pastor. (laughs) Uh, He's a numbers guy. Um, But I love that God is just, I think God is a funny God sometimes. And he's like, okay, I'll just make you a pastor there. You didn't marry one. I'll just make you one. Yeah, I always, uh, I was, I was thinking about actually, as you were talking about, about your daughter and how early on you were telling us about, you know, she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, mom's a pastor now. Yeah. This is the worst. I'm a PK. PK. Was it in May she got baptized? Or yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just the amazing. And I, I mean, getting to know your family a little bit as well, just, you know, being able to see the transformation that's gone on in their own lives mm-hmm. um, as well. And just how, how the church plant has just been a catalyst for that and and so many others like I, I can think of so many other people who um you've had the chance just to minister to and just to pray with um just and just see see god move in their life and it's it's something about you know a church plant that excites people and that you know people yeah. want to catch on to the vision whatever that is right. but it, it, it's almost like this is like this is something new this isn't like a tradition a church that's been established for 20 years or whatever this is this is something new that's happening and people get excited about that. And it's right. Yeah. Just a great opportunity to use those, those gifts and to pay attention to what the spirit is doing um, in the lives. So that's awesome. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I got a couple more questions. Sure. Okay. Uh, this one's an interesting one. I'm curious what you think on this. So I do a lot of work with young adults okay. um, and a lot of young adults will probably listen to this. Okay. Um so if you're familiar with the group, there's a group called the Barna Group, and they do uh, they do research and studies for churches uh, okay. in North America, and they're a really, really solid group. And uh, they did a study a few years ago and, uh, about evangelism, and they actually found out that uh, about 50% of Gen Z, um, so that's like 97, 98 oh, onward, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but about, about 50% of Gen Z actually think it's actually morally wrong to share your faith and to evangelize yeah. mm. right and uh mm. i would love just to hear your comments on that especially having two two kids who mm. are or three really who are gen z um just your experience with that just how you would push back on that yeah. and maybe encourage young adults that like no it's not it's not wrong to share your faith and i think i think you know you understand where that is coming from we've seen yeah. a lot of very forward maybe maybe very um offensive in the wrong ways yeah. sharings of faith right and yeah. uh, i think everyone can kind of get what i'm what i'm yeah. trying to say there but yeah just speak into that a little bit just into that statistic and what you think first of all like i can't believe that i am no longer part of the young adults i am considered now an old person but anyway um you know th- i said it earlier the gospel is offensive but it's not abrasive yeah and so i believe having two teenagers who i cheer on to share the, the gospel um i think we have to consider a couple first of all i want to say that it's not wrong i i don't agree with that it is not wrong to share your faith i think it's wrong to impose your faith yeah and there's a big difference um, I also think that we need to have wisdom when we share and how we share. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I ki- tell my kids all the time, it's not so much the message that's the problem. It's the timing and it's the tone. Yeah. And so I think we need to execute wisdom. I, yeah. I was talking about this earlier about how we want to respect people's boundaries and we won't, you know, we don't want to impose, but we also have to remember that we will answer to God. 
And so if you're a young adult today saying, I don't know, because my friends are atheists or they have, maybe they have their own religions and me sharing would be like me, you know, crossing that boundary. Evangelizing doesn't only mean speaking. You can evangelize with your behavior. You can evangelize with the conversations you partake or choose to step out of. Evangelizing is also the choices of movies you're going to go watch and how you react or respond to certain situations. I think when we think evangelizing, we always think of preaching. We always think of, let me open the Bible. And that's great if that's, you know, your approach. But evangelizing really is living your life out to honor God. And so I I was speaking to my oldest daughter the other day, and I said, when we were talking about Halloween, and she said, so how do I I say that? I say, you don't necessarily have to say it. You show it. If there's certain things you feel, and and when you're in a group, I, I think of young adults a lot. They like that community. You guys like to get together. And, you know, coffee for women happen to be a big thing or go out for dinner. You have conversations as as people, as as women. And when you're given the opportunity, that platform to speak your heart, let it be an opinion. Let it be a perspective that is rooted in Christ. Mm. Let it be a perspective that honors God. Not, not your perspective from a view of this world. We don't, guys, we don't live under this culture. We live under kingdom culture. If you call yourself a Christ follower, you're under kingdom culture. And that means that you will boldly share your faith. You won't impose it, but you will use every opportunity given to you to share it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's just a great word. Um, I think is that, you know, we live in a kingdom culture, right? And, you know, Jesus talks so much about the kingdom of God is near, right? And in the gospel of Mark. Um, And it's like, yeah, living in that, because I think, I think one thing, especially with, I mean, everyone, but especially with young adults is we're so shaped by our culture that we don't even realize it. Right. Right. So it's like understanding, it's like you're a product of your culture, Mm. um, but it's like, there is a kingdom culture, right? There is, you know, Jesus wants to shape who you are. So I think that is just an awesome word just for young adults to hear. Thanks for speaking into that. Um, One last thing before we end off, um, if you could leave us just with one uh, takeaway about evangelism, just one thing, um, maybe an encouragement, maybe a word, what would it be? Just one final word. Yeah. uh, I'm not being paid by Nike, but just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. Uh, No, um, be okay with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and just if you take away anything from this conversation is when you're prompted by the Holy Spirit, just remember he goes before you, he stands behind you, and he will give you the words to speak. Yeah, amen. And so all you have to do is just do it. Even if it's a shaking, oh, I'm nervous because this is not who I am. Just do it. God will honor your obedience and your satisfaction has to come from being obedient to God. The fruit is up to him. Amen. That is so good. Well, Lihia, thank you so much for uh, for being on today and just letting me uh, pick your brain a bit. Uh, if people are interested, um, your Anu is on social media. Is yes, there, we're on Instagram right now at Anu yeah. underscore ministries. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see you on there. Thank you so much for having me today, Marcus. I hope that whatever I share today, it resonates with someone. Oh, of course. I I think it will. It definitely resonated with me. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, feel free to uh, check out uh, Anu on Instagram if you have any more questions or want to know more about Leah. And have a great rest of your day. Bye.